takes more than caffeinated beverages to be a great engineer. This is episode 193 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. And I just started drinking caffeinated beverages as like a 31-year-old man a while ago. What? And it really? felt like a Why? new childhood. I don't know. I just never drank. I don't know. Just didn't like soda. Didn't drink coffee thought red bull would give me wings and then i wouldn't be able to control them and then i would die okay i would just like fly into a building but it's wonderful i feel like i'm i'm going through the cycle that people go through in like their late teens early 20s where they are like whoa caffeine it makes you awake huh that's useful and then soon i'll crash really hard and yeah exactly and then you won't be able to get to a normal state without it (laughs) yeah then i'll write a blog post about giving up drinking caffeinated (laughs) beverages and how it's unlocked new heights of productivity Oh, man. That's awesome. Hey, we have some new patrons to thank because it's a new month. Thank them. Okay, I will. One-time shout-outs <laughs> go to Alina Pisuha Barodi, Evgeny Slodkowski, Braden Keynes, Chris Hogan, Dennis Bogdanov, Ivo Robotnik, John Grant, Luis Santos, Luke Bayless, Matthew Voidovich, Nick Cantar, Philip John Basile, The Agile Ventures Charity, Sean, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonny Ty, Stanley Tactical Radio, Stephen Armand Lee, Taras Haruk, Ted Nugent, Maple Syrup, Vinlock, and Zach Grannon. Thank you so much for supporting the show and your patronage. If you want to support the show, go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. Any contribution greater than, strictly greater than zero, any currency... Dollars or otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Just some like seashells you find on the beach that you mail to Dave's house. (laughs) Any legal tender. Oh, geez. How can I constrain this? Hmm. Not seashells. Let's just put it that way. Just a piece of paper with IOU scrawled on it. Actually, you know what? I would accept that. So (laughs) if you, even if you send that to us, we will give you access to our Slack community where you can join and chat with the well over 100 folks who are there sharing hilarious, awesome, insightful, great stuff, bad stuff, fun stuff, sad stuff. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. (laughs) 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 Anyway, join us there. It's great. Softskills.audio. All right. Yeah, we'd love to have you. This episode is also sponsored by Vettery. Vettery is a marketplace where you can find great developer jobs and you will hear more about them later. Dave, do you want to read our first question? I shall. This comes from a listener named Vicente who says, I've been recently looking for summer internships and I have had a couple of video interviews. I don't consider myself an interview rookie since I've had my fair share, but there is one question I can't understand whether to answer honestly or not. (laughs) I love that lead up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The question is, Are you applying to other job opportunities? The question is kind of stupid since no one puts all of their eggs in one basket. (laughs) But on the other hand, I'm afraid (laughs) answering yes will make it seem as if I don't care about the company. Spoiler alert, I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) How do I answer honestly to this question and at the same time make them feel like they are special? (laughs) By the way, love the podcast. Well, thanks, Vicente. That that was refreshingly honest. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should tell them I'm not interviewing at any other companies and I never will. If I don't get this job, my plan is to starve to death. (laughs) Just to show your commitment. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should ask Vicente if he's listening to any other podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this is interesting. I honestly can't imagine a company that I would want to work for that would also be offended if they found out I was interviewing at other places. 
You what? <laughs> yeah. You. But what about the contract that you signed unwittingly <laughs> by opening this email to not interview at other places? <laughs> Didn't read the end user license agreement. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just that's horrible. Also, as a hiring manager, I feel like people that tell me they're interviewing at other places, there's like a little little sound that goes off in my brain that's like, oh, this person's in demand. And then I think it biases me positively towards them because it's external validation that they are, yeah, that other people think they're smart and I'm not trusting enough of my own evaluation of them, I guess. I actually put that in all of my LinkedIn recruiter responses. I just say, oh, and thanks for reaching out. By the way, I am talking to other recruiters. (laughs) So it's a race. Actually, is it is it possible not to be talking to other companies these days with with the LinkedIn spam that we get? Maybe I could see somebody doing it. Maybe there's a there's a they're not actively looking, and there's like a dream job that reached out to them or something. Okay. I don't know. Okay, but I don't think I would ever go through an interview cycle and just yeah. like do it one company at a time, like in in <laughs> do it serially. Like yeah, especially, gotta work my way through the list. <laughs> yeah, especially for your first job out of college, it's like. No, you'll take two years to land that first job doing it that way. Yeah. So sometimes when I when I hear this question, I think to myself, what are they actually asking? And I think you could equivalently ask, are you going to be easy to lowball? <laughs> are you desperate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you hoping to get paid as low as we can possibly pay you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, are there any... So we've jumped on that as kind of like, sketchy skeezy motivation for companies to ask this question are there is there any other reason why they would be inquiring besides to know like how much pressure are we under to give this person a good offer i think i think there is one valid reason which i experienced firsthand some years back when i interviewed at google and they told me very early on in the process hey we have a slow interview process you know it's like an eight-week deal so are you interviewing anywhere else and if so we want to know it so that we can put you on the accelerated track and go a little faster and apparently they just have limited bandwidth. And so they can just put some people on that track, but only if they're under time pressure to do so. I have asked this question, but it's been sort of similar to find out, kind of to plan timing. Like like you mentioned with the Google thing, like if they're interviewing at other places, then I'll try and interview them faster. I also want some rough idea of like, are they going to wait to get offers from all these places? To Do I need to, or, or can I plan on them making a decision relatively quickly? Like... Just it, it's not to find out how, how I can screw them over. It's like, <laughs> how, how is this going to work if things work out? How, yeah. what, are the, what are the other factors in play, I guess? Yeah, like for example, you might say, hey, are you interviewing somewhere else? And they say, yes, in fact, I have offers in hand or an offer coming tomorrow or something. And in that case, you might say, well, we have an X number of week process. So you probably don't want to wait that long. And it might not be worth it even start yeah. an interview. Yeah, I've had it go both ways fairly recently too, where there was a candidate who wanted to start interviewing, but they were so far along with their other role and our position wasn't quite open yet. I, I basically told them like the timing just doesn't work out and I would hate for you to potentially lose another offer just to like wait for the chance to interview with us. And then there's another candidate who has another offer, but the timing works out better for us. And it just told us like, we got to speed it up. We got to schedule these quickly, which we can do. So yeah, I, I would like to think it's for benevolent reasons that I asked, but I, <laughs> that's a good point. I don't think I specifically said, here's why I'm asking. So maybe people took it the wrong way and that's maybe yeah. a thing I could do in the future. Yeah. You should call up those candidates and apologize. Hey, I'd like to pay you less money. Yeah. I just <laughs> need to know. 
Is that going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. How do I answer honestly to this question? I, I also like the spoiler alert. I don't really care. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> you could try that too. Maybe that will make them want to hire you even more. Oh, yeah. It's like the uninterested party. Yeah. Like, I don't really need this job, but I guess if you throw these piles of money at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, it kind of comes across as a loyalty test in this, the way that it's worded here. But Yeah, but you don't work there yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pretest, you know, loyalty <laughs> This is when I would say I'm looking for a company that will pay me money in exchange for my time like right. i don't know it's just it seems like they're misconstruing the relationship they're hoping for your passion before you even work there yeah my, my guess is that most people are not doing this as asking this as a loyalty test i really don't think so i mean i don't know I, in the times i've experienced it and the times i've asked it it's never been about is this person going to play the field once they come to my company yeah but that is different than the thing you were mentioning earlier about affecting your your offer i i do bet I, I, my, my gut is that that does happen where they're asking to determine how competitive the offer needs to be. Interesting. Maybe very competitive is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interviewing with enough companies that you need to pay me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next time someone asks you, are you applying to other companies? Just say the salary needs to be very high. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just shortcut this. <laughs> yeah. We can bypass the uh, small talk here. <laughs> All right. Have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. And I would say to get right to the answer, the answer is, I think, yes, you should be honest. And you should say, yes, I am interviewing at other companies. And yes, I am e extremely in demand. I am hot. I am trending. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jameson, before we go on to our next question, did you hear that one of our Slack community members just got a new dev job with a $50,000 raise? Yeah, that was wild. They used a service called Vettery. Vettery matches developers with employers based on what you want, like your location, salary requirements, and technologies you want to work with. Yeah, so I actually signed up myself, and within a week, they sent me a job opportunity. The hiring manager wrote me a very nice note, and the salary was actually amazing. I was pretty impressed. I don't know. I'm a pretty big fan of my current job search process, which is quitting my job and then asking <laughs> strangers on Twitter if they know anyone hiring for COBOL. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay <laughs> so once you sign up for vettery you actually get a dedicated consultant assigned to help you tweak your profile and find the opportunities you're interested in and the best part is you get those pesky salary requirements out of the way early in the process no more going through the whole interview process only to find out that your expectations are way off another thing i like is that there's no coding test to get started and as much as I love balancing binary trees on a whiteboard under time pressure, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> if you're thinking of taking the soft skills engineering advice of quitting your job, you should check out Vettery. Go to vettery.com slash soft skills to sign up. That's V-E-T-T-E-R-Y dot com slash soft skills. And if you use that link, you'll help support the show. And if you get a job through Vettery, you get 300 bucks. Thank you so much to Vettery for sponsoring the show. All right, I'm going to read the next question. This is from an anonymous listener. Hey guys, I just started listening to your show and I already have experienced a steep improvement from a puny 10x developer to an 11x developer. <laughs> <laughs> my question, if you'll be kind enough to answer is, how do I convince my cheapskate boss to sponsor me flying across the pond to give a talk at a conference I was selected for? Should I sponsor it myself in case of a decline? Should I hint at the possible job quitting if I am declined? 
I'm currently seeking a new job. Should I go forward with the talk if I do quit and the content of the talk is largely about the job I did there in the last couple of years? Note, I am widely regarded as an excellent employee by my superiors and colleagues. I earn quite a bit less than my current value and I am currently back looking for a job. That's it for me. Love you guys. Oh, love you too, Anonymous. Love you too, Anonymous. You know, you're a very stalwart question asker. Just always sending us questions. Yeah, so many Anonymous people. <laughs> what a weird name. I don't know if we made that horrible joke yet. No, I don't think we have. It's been a lot of episodes without, <laughs> without Yeah, it. we had to hit it at least once. Okay, well, put that one in the can. We're done with that joke. <laughs> yep. Hmm. How do I convince my cheapskate boss? Do you think they've asked <laughs> their boss and their boss said no already? I, I think... Or they just have a feeling like their boss dresses shabbily or something. <laughs> like, that doesn't... Those aren't the shoes of a person who would <laughs> fly, fly me across the pond. <laughs> yeah. I think it, the question, based on the context clues here, the question has not been asked and they're wondering how do I go about pitching it? And then if they say no, do I throw a job, a job, a resignation in their face as leverage? <laughs> well, I quit. That would be really, yeah, that would, I'm just imagining how that would work. That would be such an escalation. They, they come to you and you're like, we just don't have the budget for it. I'm so sorry. And then, then they just say, okay, I don't work here anymore. Yeah, I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're going to leave anyways, if you're wildly underpaid. And yeah, I don't know that quitting would make them pay for your flight though yeah i feel like those should be disconnected should i yes. sponsor it myself there so there is a secret trick that conferences do not tell you some conferences i would like this trick not to exist but unfortunately it does so conferences usually will have some budget for paying for speaker travel some of the conferences build it in so that they can afford to pay for everybody and they're pretty explicit about it some of them don't have enough money so they just don't say it very loud they're like hey come speak like, if you need to, we can help pay for your flights of travel. But they, they make sure it's in, like, really small prints so that people don't know yeah. to ask for it. But you can you can just ask the conference and say, hey, I need you to pay for it if I'm going to go speak there. Mm -hmm. Will you please do that? And they might say no, and then you're kind of in the same state you're in right now. Or they might say yes, and then it happens. And that's happened to, to a friend of mine before who was accepted, but they didn't pay for travel. And then they asked, and then they did. So that's a thing. Yes, and this comes on good authority because Jameson and I are both conference organizers and we have both paid for speaker travel. I guess, Jameson, your yeah. conference that you organize actually explicitly offers it to all speakers. Yeah. My, conf my conference only offers it to those who can't, you know, need it because we don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, but it would be cool if that was an explicit thing that all conferences said. But some, some of the conferences deal with the budgetary thing by just like not saying anything and then yeah. hoping people that really need it ask right so maybe you could try that yeah i, I would try it and I'll, i wouldn't stop there i would ask for lodging too they usually come hand in hand yeah i guess that i guess that's I, I think i didn't say it explicitly but in my head those are included together yeah now if if there's a form where that they want you to fill out and there's a checkbox that says are you a 10x developer or an 11x developer <laughs> be sure to check the 11 that'll help i think there's just 11 checkboxes and they count up how many you check <laughs> check them all <laughs> should i sponsor it myself yeah so that's kind of a question for you where you have to think how much value are you likely to get out of this if you pay for it all yourself Mm -hmm. And I've paid for conferences myself, both as a speaker as an, and as an attendee. And that probably depends on your circumstance and budget and the cost and all that stuff. I don't know that I can answer that. Screw it. I'll answer it for you. Blow it all. Put it on a credit card. <laughs> Get a new credit card. Get those 
airline miles. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a it's a budget thing. Okay. Oh no, that's it. Jameson, airline miles. What? Okay, here's how it's gonna work. Rather than asking your company to pay for it, just have your company send you on lots and lots of trips so you get enough miles to be able to do it for free. Ah, okay. Yeah, switch to a sales engineer position. That's right. Boom. Yeah, okay. Got it. It's a win-win. How do I convince my cheapskate boss? At, at places I've worked, attending conferences has been part of the conversation around benefits. Either they've brought it up proactively or I have. If you haven't yet, then like... I guess I'm rubbing it in your face, but uh, <laughs> often, often developers' technical technical jobs include some provision for like we'll give you this conference budget or send you to one conference or whatever, and it's kind of built in. And then you could just say, "Hey, I'm I would like to use my conference ticket, please." Mm-hmm. You could also, uh, if if that hasn't happened yet, you could approach your boss and and say like, "Hey, this would be cool to offer as a benefit to the developers." Yeah. Totally. Just don't mention that you're underpaid and you're probably going to find a better job at the conference. <laughs> don't mention that. Because <laughs> that'll probably happen. <laughs> so when it comes to actually convincing your boss to change their outlook on this, I have one angle that seems to work pretty well. And I have some evidence that it does work. And that angle is brand marketing for recruiting purposes. When a company sends speakers to go speak at a conference, they get access to an audience of hundreds, sometimes thousands of other developers. And they can cast the company in a very positive light. And especially this topic, because the listener says that the talk is going to be about their work at the company over the last couple of years. So if you are willing to cast the company in a very positive light, then you are now opening a marketing channel to all these people. And it could very well be worth Mm. the cost of a plane ticket and a few days of hotel. And so I pitched that to my boss several years ago. Oh boy, like seven or eight years ago. And it worked out great. In fact, we got a hire from it. Someone came and applied and they ended up relocating across the country to come work for our company. And they told me later, the reason I applied was because of your talk at XYZ conference. So it does work. It can work. Yeah. I don't know if we... I think we have made the joke about you getting a different job there too, though, because like it's yeah. a it's a two edged sword. Yes, but that makes sense as as you pitching it as value your company would get. It would be kind of funny if you pitched it as a benefit that helps retain people, and then you quit shortly thereafter as well. <laughs> like this is a thing that will make engineers happier and more willing to work here, and then you don't do that anymore. You don't. <laughs> what about the question of of presenting work that you did? when you don't work at that company anymore. Like the ethics of it? Does that seem dishonest to you? Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that wrong? Boy, that I think that depends a lot on the employment contract you sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's not ethics necessarily. That's more like legality, right? Yeah, yeah. I think at most companies that I've worked at, it's been very clear what was proprietary and confidential and what was things that you could generally talk about. And at some companies, it's wide open. It has been. Yeah. At other companies, though, it's been very clear, like, do not talk about this. Yeah. And if you do, you need to get approved from our public relations team, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of the two extremes. So you have to figure out where that is for your company, I think, before you leave. Yeah. I mean, I guess worst case is you you spill the beans and then you could potentially get sued for disclosing corporate secrets or something. And then mm-hmm. they would have the conference would have had to be very expensive for that to be worth it to you yeah. financially. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that part. I guess I was just thinking about, I think the m- many of these that I've seen, either the person still works there. So it's very clear that it's kind of like approved by the company that they're communicating this, or it's yeah. some kind of open source or open collaborative project that the yeah. com- maybe they, they were sponsored by or the company incubated it, but they were the, the main 
open source developer on it or, or something like that. Yeah. And then with stuff like that, I mean, it's not a secret because someone could just go read the code. Although if the code is convoluted enough, then it's effectively a secret. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you hide the the backdoor or the machine learning or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Should I go forward with the talk if I do quit and the content of the talk is largely about the job I did there? Yeah. If, if you do want to... I've seen some other talks that are kind of experiences or more human factors or, or kind of team or, or management things. And especially if they're not very flattering to the, <laughs> to the place the person worked, then mm-hmm. they kind of just obscure all the details. So that instead of saying, while I was at company X, this horrible thing happened, they just kind of describe the situation vaguely. And then you still learn from their experience, but you don't walk away thinking, oh, like that company was horrible and I'll never work there. Hmm. Sounds like some of the answers we've given on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Anonymous and Company X, two very prolific yes. <laughs> actors, two, pre- two very prolific characters in the podcast. Yes. Yeah, I think if you don't work there anymore, oh boy, I, I just don't think you can open the door on their internal technologies and architecture and details like that. If I still had a relationship, maybe I would just message my boss or something and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. You, you of course, have to be ready to, to risk them saying, please do not say anything about that then if, yeah. if uh, you're going to reach out to them but which which by the way is the safest response for them yeah yep it's the easiest thing for them to do is just say please say nothing so there has to be a pretty big incentive for them to not do that and so again this goes back to what's in it for them and i think if you've left the company and you agree to cast the company in a positive light they might be willing to let you reveal some of their internal workings 10 horrible mistakes that company X made that I will never make again. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, is very rare. You don't often see talks, positive or negative, about specifically about a company in the context of that company that you no longer work for. That's pretty rare. Yeah, you might be talking about a specific technology and then you have some kind of anonymized stories about that. But Yeah, at a previous company... And then I pull up their LinkedIn profile and realize they've only worked at one previous <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why you job hop a lot. Is yeah. to <laughs> disguise your past stories. It's plausible deniability through job hopping. Yeah. There's this concept called K-anonymity that I was reading Wikipedia about uh-huh. where you anonymize a data set enough that I think it's like at least any any set of facts can be assigned to at least k people or k k entities in the data set okay so you need at least like two or three anonymity yeah it's like take take some i think of it as like a row from a database like take some row that row is anonymized enough that if you know that row at least like k other rows will have the same attributes that's cool yeah so you got to do that with your career basically yeah (laughs) work it work it at least two startups because otherwise if you're telling startupy stories then it's clear (laughs) I've actually done that with my name. <laughs> there, are, there are 40 people with my name at my company right now. It's perfect. Oh, I didn't write that code. That was the other Dave Smith. Yeah, you can screw up a whole lot. Oh, another Dave Smith strikes again. Stupid bugs. <laughs> there is one other da- or one other Jameson dance at my company, and we did like the Spider-Man gif pointed at each other thing once in Slack. Seriously? Yeah, we both have the Slack, the same Slack name. It's just Jameson. And I don't know how Slack distinguishes between the two of us when people send messages, but wow, so it happens. I'm actually surprised that anyone on earth has your same name. Like these are two fairly unusual names. Wait, 
I'm an idiot. It's not Jameson Dance. His first name is just Jameson. I don't know why I thought Dance. <laughs> this is like the time when I spelled my own name wrong. Just add it to the annals of name-related mistakes that I've made Foibles. in my life. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, well, that was going to be really cool. So that story is like, it's like 1% is cool now. <laughs> Dave, you wouldn't believe it. There are other people named Dave at your company. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, I got to find him and convince him to change his last name. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we've come to the point where we need to say we've answered the question. <laughs> we've answered the question, clearly. Best of luck, anonymous listener. Yeah, I good hope luck. it goes well. Let us know what conference you're at so we can come and watch you. We'll sit in the audience with popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what company it was. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want your own questions answered, if they want their own questions answered, what should they do, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click on ask a question. We have a little form there. Thank you so much to everyone who has filled out that form. If you want to support the show, you can follow us on Twitter at softskillseng. You can rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the podcast. And you can share it with your friends and family, although your family probably doesn't care. (laughs) My family cares. They're loyal listeners. (laughs) That's great. Shout out to my family. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you next week.